Hi, I'm Vanessa Anderson. And I'm Stephanie Cooley. It's time to give ourselves a moment to be real, to express all of motherhood. Mothering is beautiful. It's wonderful. And you know what? It's fucked up too. Come hang out with us. We're the real motherfuckers. Hello. Hello, everybody. I'm Stephanie. This is Vanessa. We're the real motherfuckers. We are. This is episode five. This is episode five. Before we begin on our topic, I wanted to give you an update. For episode four, we talked about sex and... (laughs) Oh no, we're... After this conversation with Vanessa, where she was like all talking about how she's humpity humpity (laughs) all the time, walking like a raw lady all the time, and I'm like, I'm medium. With my sex life. (laughs) Vanessa was like, you need to touch your man. Have you touched him five times today? (laughs) I'm proud of you. (laughs) Because she's trying real hard and she's doing a great job. I'm, you know, getting getting some some frisky on with my husband. And he's like, what's going on? Why do you want to do this all the time now? And I'm like, because Vanessa told me to do it. I'm like, oh my God. Is there anything sexier than someone saying, you know. My friend told me to me. Yes, read it more. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Well, I hope it's made you happier. You do seem a little more frisky. Yeah, yeah. It does, you know. It's a cool connection to have. So I'm not saying you got to hump every day. It's just nice to have that (laughs) fun, you know. Yeah, I mean, like. Like I said, too, you know, my husband and I try really hard to, like, make sure that we touch, we have a connection together, you know, at least just, like, look at each other in the eyes and hug each other in the morning. Uh Embrace. Anyway. That's awesome. (laughs) So, on to more serious topics. This one was a hard one. Yes. Um, It's actually funny because I don't think we both understood what we meant by the topic. Not in the beginning. Not in the beginning. I had to say, can you clarify? Can you clarify what this is? So I decided to call this next generation parenting. So it's basically, I wanted to explore more of how we were parented and how it has affected how we parent our own children. Um, I think that we have an interesting background because we're both first generation uh, from immigrant households. I am Filipino American. My parents were born in the Philippines and moved here, I want to say in the 60s. Um, My dad joined the Navy um, and fought in the Vietnam War and was able to bring a lot of uh, my mom's side of the family here and, you know, live the American dream. But I think that my parents had this notion in their head. They wanted to raise American kids, have an American life. Like America was like the ultimate dream. But how do you do that when you have no taste of what America is? Mm -hmm. You know, like you only know how to be Filipino. You only know how to live in poverty. You only know how to have this life where you're deep rooted in Catholicism And my mom never, like, touched or, like, kissed a man 
or anything until she was with my dad and had married him. Wow. Very traditional. Very, very traditional. And I think that the hard part is because we don't want to talk badly about how our parents parented us. But there's things, you know, I think we all know that like, okay, I want to do things differently. Yeah. And I think what we all, I think they did too. Yeah. In all honesty, they did too. And I think at the end of the day, we'll all, we all have a report card of our life and our children will give it to us. Yeah. At the end of our go around. Oh my gosh. Every time I, I fuck up and I scream at my kids. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a therapy appointment in 30 years I for know, my kids. I know. I know. I'm going to say, I'll come with you. <laughs> we'll apologize. We'll move on. But no, I, it, I think every generation wants to better itself. Whether you really do or you hinder your gen- next generation is, is, is a question I think all society is asking right now. But I tell, really... tell me about your your parents, your lineage. So my lineage is Latina. I'm I'm Latina. I um my both my parents were born in Mexico. Um, my mom has more of a Spanish background. My dad's mom was German Mexican, and my grandfather was very very indigenous um, Mexican. Um, and yeah, my dad moved here when he was in third grade, mm-hmm. and my mom was six. Did they know how to speak English? Not when they came. Okay. So yeah. they had that struggle. There was nothing. They were Californians. They immigrated. Um, both of them had uh, family businesses that transferred over to the United States. My dad's family was crop dusting business, and my <clears throat> grandfather was an auto parts store. So um, that's kind of how they they started. So they came young into that generation. So they had the roots of Mexico, and then they were uprooted in the middle of their childhood. And then started to assimilate. But there was also struggles within that that I feel like they're still healing, healing from today. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting because your parents moved here when they were young. Mm-hmm. And my parents moved here when they were full-grown adults. So they, I think, just had a hard time with understanding what it's like to be a kid in America. Yes. So my parents did get that. Yeah. But they got it with an obstacle, of course, of not knowing the language. Right. So there was a little discrimination there, um, hurdles, but, you know, I think it also made them tougher and they also, but by the time they got to their youth, they were, you know, fully integrated and got the American, you know, high school experience and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. But yeah, yeah. I think, you know, when I get closer into mine, I feel like it's not just what my parents went through. It's what their parents and their parents went through that shines through, through our DNA, through our healing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's... There's really a word for this. Did you know what it is? What is it? It's called intergenerational trauma. Yes. That's been a thing I've been reading about the last about two years. It's like, it is a thing. Like it's seen in your DNA. Specifically, I think a lot of it, it's, I think through all families, but I think immigration stories are very much that because it's just such a shock to the system to have to learn to be a new way in a new society. And then also taking all the familial inside the home, no one else knows abuse and all of that kind of stuff yeah. with them too. Yeah. It's, it's a real thing. Um, I will just give a very brief background. So I think who knows what, where, where it went beyond here, but like my great, great grandpa lived to be 106. He, I was born in 1983. I believe he died in 1986 or one of the one of those early 80s 
Um, long story short, when he was eight years old, he was in the most southern state in uh, Mexico, mm -hmm. and he was eight, eight, and he was playing by the stream. I believe he was fishing, and the Mexican army kidnapped him. He never saw family again after he was eight. Wow. It was during the revolution. Uh -huh. um, they made him a cook. He did all the runt work. Um, Our kids are eight. I know. I know. So there's trauma start right there, right? Shit. Yeah. So he never saw his family again, his mother. Um, then that's how he made it to northern, you know, uh, Baja. He became a general. Um, he was one of the soldiers that would drive out Bancho Villa and stuff like that. Well, the woman he ended up marrying later, one of his first wives, well, which was my grandma, she was Jewish. Bancho Villa went to her house. Bancho Villa used to pretty much go to people's homes and that were wealthier and say, fund me or I kill you. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. my great grandmother, her father said no, and she, he was assassinated in front of his whole family. Uh, you know, because he refused. So anyways, so my Jewish backgrounds kind of got cut there because my, that great, great grandmother remarried and became Catholic with her new husband, was traumatized, uh, moved, I think. And then that's how my great grandma met my great grandpa. Mm -hmm. So there's these huge family traumas just from that get go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But also just like the resilience, but there's like this resilient structure of trauma, like dang, we, we had, we, they saw what most people see that we're so, um, we're so lucky here in the United States to not see war. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that they did see that they saw people die. People they love die. People they love being taken away from them. And this instant, my great, great grandma having her child being taken away or not ever even knowing what really happened to him. Mm -hmm. Imagine her closure. You know what I mean? Like for that. So it's like, there's all these like there was probably and no that's closure. just that's just one yeah. of my lineages. I'm like that's just one little sliver. That's just my dad's uh, paternal side, you know. Yeah. And then you got the wars, the world wars. It's that generation. So there's this five cycle of of generations. And I hope I can get this right. There's the ones that suffer. So I'll just break it down. So imagine the Great Depression generation. Mm -hmm. They had to tough it out. They had some bad times. Those tough people make resilient and tough kids mm -hmm. they show them work ethics they show them the, the then that generation makes good worth ethics but they want it easier for that generation right so they'll have the balance that's, that's already pretty much us yeah and then it's like our younger cousins or the generation that's in their 20s and 30s now um they do have a work ethics but it, they don't know really what struggle is because we want to make it easier because we don't want them to have the hardness. Yeah. And then you have what they call the teacup generation where don't touch, don't be safe. Don't touch <laughs> that. You did it. So anytime they're like, Oh my God, I have a flat tire. It's like, yeah. what do I do? Yeah. It's like, are we really, I, 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 I think that's part of the whole process. It of is. Like how much do I take of what I learned and what I lived through and know that that, created this awesome grit in me. Yes. And how much of it was too fucked up where I'm like, I'm definitely not going to have that with my kids. No, totally. You know, um, my parents, your story reminded me of my mom's story. So when my mom was born, she was born in 1944. Um, my grandmother uh, was part of a very large family and was kind of like 
sent off with another family because she had there were so many people in that family they couldn't take care of all the children during the war. So she was sent off to another family and then she was married off to a man. She was, I think, 16. And then she was married off to a man who was 30, 30s, her, my grandpa. And then the war happened and Japanese were invading Philippines. And they were near the town that my mom was born in. And the rumor goes that, you know, if they see babies, they throw them in the air and push a sword through them. You know, and oh they raped they raped the mothers and all of that. So my mom and my grandma and grandpa went into the mountains and hid in caves. So like the first few weeks of my mom's life, they were hiding in caves. Oh my gosh! Um, How intense! Yeah, you know, and like living in like very. My mom described it well. It's like we lived simple but hard lives because um, it's like you don't know what you don't know. Like it's like. That's life, right? It is. Your 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 day to day, your moment to moment at that point. You're like, where are we gonna get our food? Okay, we got our meal. Okay. Yeah. Where's our next meal gonna come from? It's 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 the basics. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when I think coming here, things just seem so frivolous to my mom, you know, like me wanting to go play with friends, like that's like an extra, you know, or you know, like my desire to do all these like American things was just so foreign to my mom. My mom said that she was so shocked to come to America and see a grocery store. Like, yeah. like that is crazy, you know? And then like on my dad's side of the family, he also lived in poverty. I didn't get that much from my dad because my dad was a very stoic man who did not say much. Um, and I actually heard this story from my mom is that like growing up, my dad was extremely he was just mean he was a mean man he was always mad he either lashed out at us by yelling at us or throwing things at us or kicking things never touching us and always had a like a terrible my parents had a terrible relationship always yelling or have just like silent treatment and that was how the house the house ebbed and flowed like that um but his father physically abused him and so I grew up with my mom trying to protect us. It's a fucked up way to say it, but it's like, at least he doesn't hit you, right? And I remember as a kid thinking, thanks? Like, thanks that you're telling me at least he doesn't hit me? Like, that's fucked up the way to, to look at that. But at the same time, now as a mother now, like, thinking about, like, how I am with my kids and this, like, this past that I bring with me and, like, try not to bring it on to my kids it sometimes comes out when you know I it's sometimes like this anger that my dad carried with him probably from his own father I carry the anger from my dad and then I carry it on to my kids and I try to not do that but it comes so naturally to me yeah um because that's what I learned exactly that's how I coped and so like um it's embedded in us yeah because when we're little kids in early childhood we learn from the reactions of those who are raising us. Yeah. And so if it's flight or flight or fight all yeah. the time, and that's what a lot, I feel like I can relate. Mm-hmm. It's your body naturally goes there as a defensive mechanism. And if something arises, and this is what's been interesting. So if something arises at the, maybe your child's age when you were a child, and it could not be exactly the same, exact same um, situation, but similar, it will naturally trigger that in you. It will naturally trigger you to react the way your parents did. So I think it's so amazing that, you know, 
where we've both been doing this work to consciously be what triggers us why and that is such i i was in tears before yeah we did this but it's such a healing and sad thing to do yeah it's it's you have to be encouraged to to go there and i was so nervous to do this episode because i don't want to offend my parents because they're amazing but we're all healing from some crazy shit yeah you know i was i was joking but serious with (laughs) vanessa i was like this is a lot easier my dad's dead i know but no it's not um it's it's still a process my mom's still here with us and because my dad dying was a very much healing process for me because at first I was like, fuck yeah, he's gone, you know? But then as I became a parent myself, I was like, oh shit, he's back. Yeah. He's back and it's and through it's, me. It's it's deeper than ever, more present than you even know. It's through me and I never wanted to, <laughs> oh, hello, this is my cat. She knows, she can feel. Yeah. Because it's pussy time right now. We didn't have our pussy cups today. We do have family oh, yes. heirloom cups. These are family yeah. heirlooms. These were the fancy dishware that I grew up with, which means we probably used it 10 times in my entire childhood. It was always in a in a cabinet. No, she knew how to lighten the mood. No, I, I it. Steph has been writing, and this was one of her first yeah. writings that she did, and it was so brave of you to bring this up. Um, I think... One thing that I've I've definitely done a lot, a lot of work on trying to right the wrongs of my father's parenting and right the wrongs of my own by from what I've learned from him. And, you know, the scariest parts are when I had um, would get mad at my kids and it's almost like I was craving to get out these like eruptions that my dad had and lash it onto my kids. Like there's been times where I've wanted to shake them and, you know, do not nice things to him. And it's just like, it's a flash through my mind. And I felt fucking awful that I even thought it. Yeah. Cause you would never, when you're born, you never think you're going to have that. You never think you're going to have it. And I'll like yell at them, not nearly to the extent that my dad did and that's the moment when I realized like oh my god my mom's saying at least he doesn't hit you is exactly what I'm doing now it's like at least I'm not doing the same exact thing to my kids that my dad did but I'm doing a fraction you know some of it and you still feel like shit for doing it you know no it's it's the truth like um I think because of those traumas and I feel like all my lineages had some sort of traumas after the world war my dad's mom came from a single mom that had four children some of them different children my grandma was the oldest you know she didn't never knew her dad um struggled poor Mm -hmm. you know married my other grandpa that had all that other stuff but he was you know with it he was in the military too you know they made it as far as like oh the military is i think a a huge it is a huge wedge in a lot of families i'm so grateful to the military my dad being in the Navy for 20 years was a gift to my family. You know, we I went to college with a military benefit. Um, we had a lot of great benefits. But at the same time, like, you can't deny a man going to, to war what it does to him and brings back to his family. Oh, totally, totally. 
you know, and there was still this machismo culture that was mm-hmm. very much present. My dad is one of nine. He was a, nine. He's one of nine. Uh-huh. Actually, he was 10. The firstborn died up. So my grandma, you know, had to bury a one and a half year old and then had nine more. Um, but, you know, my dad was either very wealthy or very poor. Oh, wow. Um, my grandpa had other families of about the same size, two other families, I believe. Really? Yes. And my grandma never got help from, you know, from our government or whatever. Right. In New right. York. My dad would go to bed hungry. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes he had to wear the same clothes for a year and have his feet hurt. Yeah. You know, my mom on the other side, you know, same. she's had a wonderful childhood compared to my brother. Very loving parents. They didn't, my grandparents did not have, you know, the perfect childhood either. I think there is no perfect childhood. There is more nurturing childhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say my parents always talked about this. Like my mom never lived without, you know, she had what she needed. She had a warm bed. Her parents could kiss her goodnight and stuff. Mainly my grandpa. My grandpa was a more affectionate one. But now looking back, my grandma, we believe, probably had bipolar mm-hmm. disorder. But um, just even going further, it, I think what what I was trying to get to is just, you know, we, going back to you, we carry on these these things. So I was, I did get spanked. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I did get spanked. But when I was in third grade, my dad looked at me and goes, you're too old to get spanked now. Like, now we're going to talk. And I, was, and I remember thinking, why didn't you do this in the beginning? <laughs> the fuck you with my ass? You know? And it yeah. was with the government-issued fucking belt. So my yeah. dad was a Border Patrol agent. And oh, he, shit. Yeah. So that was shit. <laughs> fuck, I hated that. I hated it. You didn't do the... Well, you didn't probably have time to put on five pants. Fuck, no. <laughs> my, my, this is the other thing. I had young parents. My parents yes. were... You know, my mom was... You had the young parents. I had the, I had the parents. old parents. Yes. And so I grew up with them. You know, my parents were the generation before us. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. yeah. They're like, my mom was 20. My dad I remember as a kid being so jealous of all the kids who had young parents. Oh. But, you know, now that I'm older and wiser, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I wish I can go back and look at it through that lens. You know, I think there's benefits and negatives to both, right? Like, now my parents are still young, and I still have them longer in my life. You know, if, if it goes according to the ratio of when we're supposed to die, you know, we all have our expiration date. But yeah. I hated it in the beginning because I felt like I was their parent sometimes. And then also, like, I remember people thinking my mom was hot. And people still think my mom's hot. Mm-hmm. But she's very attractive. Very but, nice. like, and even my dad, and I'd be like, fucking gross. What? <laughs> Oh, I hated it when my mom would drop cupcakes off and shit at school because I'd be like, everyone's going to fucking be looking at her, and I fucking hated it. But anyway, I'm glad my mom's a beautiful woman. My dad's handsome, but um, yeah, so I remember being whooped, and I remember in our, I grew up in Arizona. We still had the paddle when I was in elementary school. Like, it was still active until I was in second or third, second, third grade. Your parents had to sign a permission slip. Yes or no, you may hit my child. So if you think about it, that that's that's where I'm coming from. I was not, my parents said no. I remember my dad saying, the only person that's going to whip your ass is me. So he said that the school could not do it. But I do remember seeing that, that, that by act of violence through people who were supposed to teach you and respect you and have this mutual thing. They're like, you know, supposed to protect you. You're not with your parents and having that be seen. And I remember having one of my friends be taken out of the lunch line. And I don't know why I don't remember it. I'm thinking, 
how what would a second grader do and th- and i know my friends he was just a cute little kid i'm like what could he have done to have gone out of there and and, and people are like well, what did they what did they whip you with i'm like just imagine a ba- a big ass you know cutting board uh-huh cutting board yes with a handle like, like the charcuterie shit yeah that's what you got whipped with yeah or if you have seen Dazed and Confused. Yeah, those fat paddles. That shit. I never got whipped on one, but I did see kids. So I'm, what I'm saying is that was the trauma that I feel like I, I was been working out. Going back to what you were saying, me not me wanting to physically, you know, when my kids do something horrible. Like one time my son got a wrench from the garage and smacked my daughter across the face oh, with it and she was bleeding everywhere mm-hmm. so my reaction was how could you hit? you know what i mean my reaction was to want to spank him so bad yeah but i'm like okay he just hit and i'm gonna hit him because uh-huh. you know and i'm thinking no but but i went to back to what you said stephanie i did go there you 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 embody that flight or fight that was given to you at those vulnerable moments when you make a mistake and that's the thing we either made mistakes as children and it was dealt with in that way where you were spanked or yelled at and it created nervousness. It created um, being terrified. Mm-hmm. So then you become smaller and there's like the stress that carries in your body. Even mm-hmm. Like it's all in here. You know what I mean? You can even feel it as you talk about it and you get tensed up. But as a parent, I think it's important that you reflect. I tried doing this work before I even had my child. I did it with Ryan. We reflected our, childhoods and journaled and talked about things and it was like i couldn't believe you know i'm not saying dang i was like (laughs) no don't get me wrong my dad didn't whoop my ass all the time like sometimes you know i was like yeah you know but i I, was i was never a bad no no sorry bad quote quote, bad kid i never did anything to ruffle feathers it was when i was a teenager that all the issues happened Mm. with me as a child, it was very much watching. My sisters are 10 and 8 years older than me. So watching them deal with teenager years when I was young was pretty traumatic. And also my, watching my parents' marriage, which was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess my question for you is, I was thinking about this, is like, do you have, what did you take away from what you saw and experiences your from your parents and mm-hmm. like how do you want to do it differently or how are you doing it well i re- i mean from the beginning i'm not saying that young parents cannot be good parents because my parents absolutely did their best with us yes. and they're yeah. great people but that's why i waited first of all i waited longer to have kids because i didn't want to go on the, my kids to have to go on my financial journey it doesn't mean that i'm not going to have one it doesn't mean that i can go broke now <laughs> you know what i mean that that's yeah. inevitable shit happens but i'm better prepared now I have more patience. I am not about myself. When you're in your 20s, you know, what, what you're about yourself. Yeah. And I kind of did see that a little bit in my parents. How old were your parents? When they had me? Yeah. 21 and 22. You yeah, know, that's, that's when you... Oh, my gosh. I was, I was the craziest lady do you know, doing all the partying at yeah, that time. Yeah, I've seen those pics. I've seen her pics. <laughs> I'm sure they'll come out. We'll, we'll share some stuff. Yeah. But, no, you know, it's like, you know, Steph and I said... You don't get your parents until you are your parents' age, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I love my parents. My parents were became better parents when I got to middle school. Mm-hmm. My, they were amazing. I felt like my mom was the best person to talk to. 
might well, there was that level of like because they were young because they were young yeah. she could relate to me with girl yeah. stuff it was easy to talk to my yeah. mom had every teenage girl around our neighborhood come through like and and my dad was amazing like they say that the voices you hear in your head are your parents like mine is never to give up and um that was the biggest gift he ever gave me um i think our parents i think we both want to take away from our parents the yeah. work ethic the yeah. like always just keep going you know but i also saw that he never gave up yeah and uh they went through some rough stuff you know in their marriage mm -hmm. um my dad was shot. He was in special forces. I wouldn't see my dad for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen him go through career changes. Um, and uh, I'm very proud of my parents. I just, I, it's really neat now, though, because at this point, they're learning from me how to be grandparents. They're open to how they treat my children in a more mindful way. You know, I find there's such a special understanding if you can get there to understand grandparents, because sometimes you're like, what the fuck? Why do you <laughs> let our kids get away with everything? Yeah, you know, like you never did that with us. I think it's healing for it's them. It's totally too. healing for them. They are finally like, we get a second chance to do what we didn't get to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I completely, I mean, my parents, some of their best friends are my age. And they gravitate to my parents because there's something that they offer that their parents might not offer them. Mm -hmm. So that speaks volumes, right? Mm -hmm. But like I was saying, my parents were young when they had me. And I feel like that's where they made, and I hate mistake is a big word, but yeah, made their mistakes with my brother and I. Like, I don't remember them reading to us. I don't remember, you know, a lot of the like early childhood connection that we've been putting into our children, they put onto us. But, um... Then I'm like, yeah, but my dad was one of nine. If he got fed and he went to school and came home, that was like a success for my grandma, mm -hmm. you know? And for my mom, her mom didn't really raise her in the beginning. She says for, for her sisters, because they're the same age apart as you and your sisters, my mom is you. Mm -hmm. She, they were the ones that fed her and took care of her when she was an infant. So yeah. it's like, she didn't have that. But um, yeah, I also think that, that my parents' birth order had to do with also how they treated me and the expectations they had of me versus my younger brother and my culture. Like, uh, I had less, I don't know, I had I had more responsibility, but less freedom. Yes. Freedom. Was, Let's yeah. talk about freedom. <laughs> because that was a huge, I think, issue in my childhood that I'm trying to balance yeah my kids right so i think freedom we can also interpret this in many ways like freedom to speak our mind um freedom to ask whatever you know as a kid i think there was from my point of view the, a cultural barrier the language barrier so my parents spoke a, a dialect of the philippines called ilocano and they never taught it to us because I want to say one reason is because it's not a main language of the Philippines. Like they didn't want to teach us a language in which no one else really spoke. Um, and they felt like it wasn't useful in the real world. Mm, wow. um, and so we only spoke English to each other in the home. But like my parents, they fought a lot 
they spoke in Ilocano. So like we didn't exactly know what they fought about, but they fought all the time, screaming matches. Um, and then when we were wanting to speak to them about doing little normal things, like, can I go play? Can I go like hang out with a friend at the mall? It was such like a shock to them that like we would even ask, like, no, you can't, like you have to stay home. Like you, this is not a, like, who knows what's out there? You know, like, because they didn't live, like, be teenagers in America, they don't, they, I think it was, like, a big, bad, scary world. And they didn't maybe know it was important to you to have that connection outside the home. Yeah. And maybe you needed it because of what was going on. Oh, I totally did. I just, I always wanted to escape. I always wanted to escape, escape from being home, from being, you know, like, it was just, it was a tumultuous place because... My parents were loving, but at the same time, their marriage was awful to be around. And we just, like, walked on eggshells all the time. So what did you do, do you feel, to cope? Like, at, when you were in the household, I, what was something that you did? That... I was home a lot, reading. Um, I, uh, I, you know, it was another thing, too, is I was always by myself because I'm, I was kind of like the only kid. Because my sisters are so much older. Yeah. It's 10 years difference. 10 years difference. Yeah. Well, it was... From from your next sister, and then and then from that sister is what thirteen or twelve? Years? Oh, eight and ten years old. Eight and ten. Okay. Um, we you know unfortunately we rebelled a shit ton. Like I remember when my sisters were teenagers, they were responsible for taking care of me because my both my parents worked full time, but we weren't allowed to leave the house. So my my sisters would, um, you know, like go hang out with friends and then like come back home or, you know, have friends over and come, like, kick them out before my parents left or wow. came home from, so they, from work. So your friends were not even allowed to We go. weren't allowed to, like, yeah. It was, oh like, gosh. such a foreign thing. And I don't know if there was this fear that my parents had that bad things would happen or they just didn't understand how that worked. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, I ended up rebelling a lot, Um. you know, lying to my parents and all of that. And that was just, like, a huge friction in, in our in my childhood and how did that make you feel because i know i grew up catholic and i feel like there was definitely ah, same yeah there was definitely mm-hmm. benefits to it i really feel like it centered us um it kept me a virgin for a very long time and i i was a good girl like yeah. i wanted to yeah you know be that um and it made me feel good so if i ever did anything wrong i remember it was my parents i didn't want to let down and then like my church so yeah did how did no. you feel going i had an that? opposite experience did you feel like it was liberating for you when you did those like naughty things or i did well <clears throat> i also grew up catholic i went to church every sunday went to ccd oh yeah the whole did all the, you know all the steps all the steps the communion i confirmation did classes. confirmation oh my god the, yeah did all of that yeah um and I do still today, I don't, I don't go to church. I still do, I still do believe that the Catholic church helped our family. Like yeah, the whole, same the family us. that prays together stays together. Same. It was the one time a week that I could confidently sit down and think no one is going to fight. It was like, we're it was, all it just going to sit down, day. sit down, shut up and be together, you know? Yeah. So it was like your Sabbath of like, this is the day where it's actually a little peaceful. And, yeah. And like, cause that was what brought it in for your family. Yeah. yeah. Our, ours was like, yeah, it brought community. My parents went to marriage counseling yeah. through it, met great family friends. Like I have great memories of Catholicism. Um, I don't. So yeah. here's one thing that I would do differently. 
is because of the Catholic household, it was very much pushed the abstinence only. Yes. No, absolutely. The abstinence only thing. My parent, my mom and dad never talked to me about what sex is. It's just don't fucking do it. Hmm. Don't do it. Don't talk to boys. Oh, boy, I was not allowed to talk to boys. If boys called me, I'd get in trouble. Like, I had to steer clear from boys, which obviously made me want to get on top of them. Yeah. Um, and so I. <laughs> Let's pause for a second. Let me, that's a laughing moment. <laughs> Sorry. Fucking, yeah. yeah. Let me just tell you guys, I am pretty good about talking about my intimate stuff. I've been dreading this fucking episode. <laughs> all right. Like, I'm like, it's, it's a tough one. I cried even before we started filming. Yeah. So it's like, it's a deep one, but I, I love that we can laugh about this shit. <laughs> I love you for that. No, so go for I it. went in. Knowing I wasn't supposed to do the thing, um, I don't know. I'm, like, trying to reflect back. Like, I didn't know what I was doing when I had this boyfriend that I had to keep a secret. I loved him. I loved the way he made me feel. I think looking back, because I was in a home with so much, I, I felt lonely. Yeah, you were getting I, that I felt so engaged with this boy. And we did stuff. And I was like, I think that's a sex. I, like, went into sex not really knowing what the fuck. I was doing and I was doing it and you know, there were consequences from it. And I also felt guilty about like doing these things. And I just felt like the thing that I would do differently with my kids is be more open to talk about like, this is a thing that, that may happen, you know, and like how to deal with it more responsibly. And at an age appropriate time, talk about what it actually is. And, um, and also, also instilling the thing that my parents taught me, which is my, bo their bodies are sacred, right? So yeah, like, they're, totally. like they're protecting that as well. So yeah, I think there's that balance and everyone can have their own take on this. Like if you are a Christian family and you feel like, you know, you stay abstinent and it works for you until you get married, I say do it. Yeah. But we realistically live in a world where that's not happening. Mm -hmm. So um, I have to say, because I didn't have that generation gap, my parents were the easiest to talk to. I had the yeah. opposite experience. Do you think that that's what helped you? Oh, yeah. Protect it? Yeah, yeah. I so think so. Yeah. Like, my parents were so op open. They're not saying do it. My mom and dad yeah. were definitely like, you should wait. Like, it's a big deal. Yeah. I did see our neighbor came crying. I was like in second grade. She came like after dinner crying. And I remember like kind of seeing why she had gotten pregnant. She, she thought mm -hmm. she was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And uh, no, she was pregnant. And she came to my parents before she went to her mom. And I remember thinking, wow, so that could happen, you know, not knowing about sex at the time or anything, but knowing pregnancy could be a scary thing, mm -hmm. you know? So that was kind of implemented in me. But um, long story short, my parents were always there for me. As far as that goes, there was no guessing or anything. They were very open. When I asked the questions, they would ask it appropriately. Long story short, when it came to me, I had a serious boyfriend when I was 18 years old, about to leave the house, and I was ready to have sex, so I sat my parents down and had a meeting with them, and I told oh them. Oh my God. I know. So me, right? I'm going to have a meeting. Meet me at the couch at I have a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, These are the positions we're going to be doing. Do you approve, mom and dad? <laughs> so I was like, we got to call Dr. Nakagawa, because I was our Japanese doctor, loved him, uh -huh. and I'm like, Mom, I'm gonna need to get on birth control and I'm yeah. ready. And it yes, was just like what happened. And sure, oh my enough, gosh, so I basically, went. I need to call your mom. 
That's when what I'm saying. Time to yeah. have that discussion with our kids. Yeah. No, and it was just it was natural. I think the more natural and honest you can be, but yeah. like, like we were saying, what we give our children is like a diet. We're not giving our kids shots of tequila, right? Like no. we're giving them what they can um, digest. It's just yeah. like. If there's those natural questions, our daughters are getting there. They're like, uh, did the stork come? And yeah. Did, did the kid come out? Yeah, your belly it really doesn't make sense. Yeah. So it's starting on, they're getting yeah. very logical. They're not, they ain't stupid. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But I had like another kind of insight when you were, were talking, kind of going back to the, you having the relationship with your boyfriend. Uh-huh. From the sounds of it, you were not shown the language of love through touch. With your family, <laughs> right? So here's a full circle moment. There's a full circle moment where I have to be like, I'm going to intentionally touch my husband. Yeah. I, my, hus- my husband and I don't have, it's like the PDA is not natural. Yeah. Was it, is it the same for him? His family was not affectionate or? I don't know. I think I mean, they were more affectionate. You know, his parents have a very loving relate. Yeah. I don't know. And they're all boys. I know. That could be. So bad. their touch is wrestling. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> Maybe you need to put some lucha libre. You need to wrestle my husband. Like, I'll I'll meet you where you're at. Let's wrestle. We'll get one of those uh, lucha libre masks from Mexico. And it'll happen. No, but it's interesting because that. that, That's interesting. That's not what the love language was. just unwrapped my life. I know. The love (laughs) language for your family was not touch. Yeah. Um, But you found it in a boyfriend and and, and, and it made you feel, maybe that was what you were missing. You needed that embrace. You needed that hug. Yeah. That physical stuff that you never got. Mm-hmm. The healthy touch. Mm-hmm. You know? And I touch her all the time. Appropriately, of course. And I I'm like because my our love language and our <laughs> family is definitely hugging. Yeah. My, my parents hugged and kissed me every night. I'm grateful for that. Um, my dad would kiss us in the morning before he went to bed. So I mean there's a lot of beautiful things that happen. I think Dad, you spanking me was like the worst motherfucker. <laughs> With- well, you would have got a, you would have got a, like an A minus, but that shit dropped it down to about a C. <laughs> yes. Motherfucker. So you said you've done a lot of work. Yeah. What does that mean? It means that I've like purposely gone all the way back as far as I can remember mm-hmm. to anything that comes up as far as trauma, mm-hmm. like getting spanked that moment that I felt. Do you like write about it? it? Do you talk to a therapist about it? I don't it? talk to a therapist about mm-hmm. it. I talk to my husband about okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've talked to my parents about it just recently. Like, yeah. And it was a huge moment. Like, we were all crying. And here That's... I go again. And you know what? Those of you that know me, I don't cry a lot. So this is yeah. crazy. But we all sat together and we were all, I just told him, I forgive you for any of the things that could have hurt me. Um, and I love you. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful moment because I don't think a lot of people ever get that. Mm-hmm. And uh, but to go back, I I I meditate, I journal, I do exercises where I close my eyes and I go back to those moments, and it's like almost my self hypnotism. My husband, I told one night, I told my husband, I'm like, my throat's kind of closing up and I feel hives on my face, and he goes, How do you? He's like, That's not possible. I'm like, It's possible. It's happening. <laughs> So he turned on the light, and sure enough, I had whatever. Isn't that trauma. crazy how that, that manifests that way? Yeah, but it was me letting go, literally. Yeah. And it felt so good. Yeah. So I was kind of hooked after that moment. I'm like, this is working. Yeah. So I would take anything like, you know, maybe I felt abandoned, or mm-hmm. it was not, not even my parents. Maybe something comes up from school, even, like that a teacher did to you. You know, maybe mm-hmm. you were humiliated, or who knows, you know? So... All that stuff. So, like, I worked, and and I purposely worked at the age 
I therapeutically reflect it on the age, like two years ahead of where my eldest child is. So that way, once they hit that age, I'm not bringing that baggage to that age group mm. because it comes out. And that's a, just interesting fact that I've observed being a teacher. A lot of teachers don't like teaching certain grades and it's not because they're not good at it. It's because they're not dealing with their trauma at that age. Really? That's such an interesting insight. Yeah, it is. It really is. And, and if, you're a teacher, you should definitely reflect on that. If you don't like working with younger kids, what happened to you when you're young, you should ask yourself that question. Well, how are you treated in that setting? Oh my gosh. If yeah. you don't like middle schoolers, were middle schoolers mean to you? Like I yeah. had a teacher that was overweight mm -hmm. and she had a traumatic, yeah. you know, middle school experience. So her being around that age group triggered those memories of not being comfortable. So I think it goes to the same for parenting. Like there'll be stuff that maybe comes come up for you and Catalina when she does become an adolescent. And mm -hmm. I love that you're doing the work now and healing yeah. so that you can kind of know that, but it's, it's, it's a really cool thing to do, but yeah. So I wonder what my report card will be. Yeah. My, my work has been multifaceted. Um, I think one of them was talking to my mom. So I first just started writing for fun just to like, write down my mom's stories because they were so beyond the oh experience of I know, the here. Cave? The fucking cave. Living in caves and like living in a hut and like um, going in rice fields and, you know, living with extreme, like my mom said that my grandfather would go into the forest and just like pick stuff out there and then like bring it back. That's Forge, their Straight up. Straight up. Forage. Hunter gatherers. Uh, my mom didn't have electricity until she went to college she didn't have a watch until she or a clock until after i think that was like the first thing she bought after she graduated from college um but it that helped me connect with my mom more also going to many years of therapy and i also did this thing specifically with my issue with wanting to screaming at my kids and having that rage that's another world um i did this thing with um, a coach that i'm working with called timeline therapy and you basically have to like think about that moment of trauma from your past and going back to it and kind of releasing it well yeah i guess that's the name that i did the video yeah that but but yeah you did it for free i did that shit yeah that's, <laughs> not, that's what it's called that's what it's um called. yeah i think and it's never like a moment of like i'm it's always a process. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a lifetime process. Mm -hmm. I think that's why we're here. We're do, here to do this work. But I can already tell you, I can already see that my children don't have that instinct. Because when I'll share a funny, quick, maybe not so funny, but it's kind of funny to me, story when I was in kindergarten. And the reason this brings it up is because recently my son had a little conflict in school with another child. And... He internally took it in and didn't didn't um, react physically to a child. There's, I do see this a lot where children get upset and they'll hit another kid, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So my, my son didn't do that. So I was like, oh, score. There's a win right there. Yeah. Well, well want to hear what happened to me in kindergarten? Well, here it is. And I'm sorry, Minnie Fimbres, that was you <laughs> listening. Do you remember? I feel bad, man. I seriously do. So because I was hit and hitting was at school, mm -hmm. I remember running, we weren't allowed to run on the sidewalk. So I'm running on the sidewalk and because I want to be first. And she goes, you're not supposed to run. And she kind of pushed me back and said, I'm going to tell on the teacher. Uh -huh. And I thought, fuck, I'm going to get 
you know, in trouble. Yeah. And long story short, my reaction was I grabbed her shoulder. I turned her around. I started fucking choking her. I'm like, you're not going to do teacher. Oh, no. Isn't that crazy? That's scary. I know. <laughs> I was like, I remember the moment I was like enraged. I was yeah. like, like I was everything that had done to me. It was like in this poor girl's yeah. neck. I'm like, you motherfucker. Yeah. You know? And so the course teacher sees. And I can't go to our freaking, I go to the office. One, This is the one time I went to the office my whole life. And um, I remember the principal being like, this is not like you. And I couldn't go on my field trip. And, but I, that shit stuck with me. Like, it was. I'm sorry. Till today. Till today, man. Yeah. But for what I'm saying is, like, my kid's natural reaction is not that. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, thank God. Because that really sucked. I was trained to, if someone wronged me or I was threatened to be physical towards them. Yeah. But here's the positive. If someone tries to fuck with me now, I'll choke a bitch. All right. So there's the positive. Like I will, if someone wants to come and take my life or threaten me, I will, there'll be some DNA <laughs> on these motherfucking fingernails. I will cut your ass. I did not know that you were going to say that. <laughs> it's the... It's the general coming through. I know. That's the general coming through. Wait, we didn't talk about what our tip is. I guess our tip was, our just, I, the tip. Just do your little was arm, do your is, is all the work. I think it's doing what we like, said. I think it's also just being honest about being it. Being honest and actually taking the time to try to do the work. Try to like look back and see historical, like Histor history, history speaks volumes. Yes. Bro, it does. Like I, I think the tip could be that when you, you should maybe even before you visit your, that part is visit any of the conflicts you've had with your child and how you've reacted. Mm -hmm. And then from there, go back and yeah. say, how yeah. was that learned? Why is this happening? Yeah. And then from there, you set your parents down and you say, what's our history here? Right. Because some people don't know that yeah. stuff. Let them talk about their shit. It's almost so much more relieving to see it that way because I'm like, oh, it's not. You're I didn't create this like fucked up system. It's so systemic. It's so historical. Like, yeah, yeah. it is. It really is. And and like I was saying, you know, the salmon against the stream. There's these urges that come out, like me choking that little girl. Like when I was a little girl, I didn't happen last week. Okay, it was when I was in kindergarten. Because I do, <laughs> but it it it's very like it's animalistic. It's that reptilian brain that flips its lid. It's you know. So it's, what is that for you when, when your child doesn't want to do what you want them to do, mm -hmm. that's when that comes up. And then what is that, you know, and, and for some of us, it's very mild. And for some of us, it could be extreme and you can feel that, that wall that, you know, that intensity right here where you're like, it's coming. I feel oh it. Gosh. I don't want yeah. it to come. And no, you know, what's scary for me is that I, I wanted it to come out. It's such a weird a weird feeling, but it it's been three months since I've done done timeline timeline therapy. And usually that stuff would happen like once every week or other every other week. Yeah. And, and you did have told me that. Yeah. I'm really proud of you yeah. for, for doing the work. It's and I encourage everyone to do this work. Yeah. It's it's an amazing thing to do. Um yeah, I I I was listening to Maya Angelo and she I love what she says. She says true love liberates. She says, when your parent tells you, don't do that, baby, <laughs> she says, 
that's true love. Yeah. It's true love when you speak truth. So talk to your parents, you know, whether they were, whatever they were to you, it, you have the right to know your history to yeah. under, better understand yourself. Um, the last thing that I, I like to end on a, you know, positive note is this, this kind of really goes back to, especially sharing our history. She says, our, this is Maya Angelou, I'm still quoting, our crown has been paid for. Put it on your head and wear it proudly. The things your grandmothers did and your, your, your grandfathers did, they paid it forward so you didn't have to do that work. Mm -hmm. So it's not like just focusing on the hitting and stuff. They did other things. Oh, yeah. You're sitting here in a safe place, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and the quote that I love that I will end my voice with today um, is still by Amaya Angelou. It stood for me. It says, I come as one but I stand for 10,000 and that's everyone before you. Yep. And that's from the poem grandmother that she wrote. And I thought, damn, that's a good, we should end with that. Yeah, I think so. So heal, heal. And we love you guys. And hopefully, you know, maybe you shed tears with us or it really resonates and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Do you know where your meat comes from? We do. Our sponsor, White Barn Wagyu, guarantees sustainably raised beef. You'll know where your beef comes from and what it was fed. I've been to the ranch many times, and I personally know the family that raised the cattle. You know it's legit because I feed my family of four with this beef. Same. Our family of five has had many meatballs, burgers, steaks, broths, and stocks, and all the delicious beefy meals with White Barn Wagyu. Check them out on whitebarnwagyu.com. Select cuts can be shipped nationwide. Bulk items can be delivered to Southern Arizona and Southern California. We'd like to thank our local and loved sponsor, Sage Yoga Studios in Bonzel and Fallbrook. Vanessa teaches yoga there, and it is tough and fulfilling and also speaks to your soul. Trust me, I've cursed her and praised her all in one class. Sage is an inclusive yoga studio where all students can meet, learn, and grow. There's classes for meditation, restoration, for a good stretch and a solid strengthen. For all our listeners in our area, check them out at sageyogastudios.com.